my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It's really wonderful uh, to be able to share with you once again. Uh, folks, it is so good uh, week by week to be able to come and uh, and be with you. This week, we're looking at the theme radical or biblical forgiveness in an unforgiving world. Uh, today, uh, we're asking what is radical or what is biblical uh, forgiveness. Today our co-host is uh, Eric uh, Hoare now, Eric Ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric, once again. Well, thank you, Pastor Gary. Great to be here. Did you hear on the news today that the, well, they reckon this person was the oldest living uh, woman or a person in the world, actually died just recently, 119 years old in Japan. That's a good age, isn't it? 119. That's a good age. Eric, that's, a, that's about half your age, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> I tell you what, no, what a, what a wonderful age. You know, when I read of that, I, I sort of think of some of the ages people lived to when in scriptural days, that's you know, right. back in the Old Testament. I think, wow, I mean, she's just a youngster uh, compared to uh, some uh, of those that, uh, uh, that grew uh, through the centuries according to the Old Testament record. Well, they reckon that uh, with this person that uh, was because in Japan, you now they eat a lot of fish and vegetables and things and, and very little red meat. So, you know, it, uh, it she must have had a good lifestyle, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's actually in one of, the, I think, the blue zones, I think they uh, yep. they call it. And mm. uh, those people certainly do have that uh, mm. that longer life. Now, look, it's also, oh, look, before we, before we go there, now, Eric, uh, over the weekend, we've just had a long weekend. Did you do anything over the weekend? Well, we uh, we went to Birdwood Church as usual. We had a, um, our uh, uh, Faith FM coordinator, actually, Nick, was there. And uh, he came. Listeners will know Nick. He's on during the week. He's a great guy. He's a lovely guy. And he came and talked about FM and uh, what they're doing. And while he was there, um, he actually talked to the next door neighbor to the church, who he just happened to be close by when he was walking in towards the church grounds, and got to talking and this lady asked him what what do you do and he said well i i'm actually the faith fm the radio station 88.0 and she said oh i listen to that every day every day i i listen to that it's, it's a great program i love the music and the articles and things on it and here we are look we didn't even know the church and here she is listening to it right next door uh. where the the radio waves were hitting in there so you just don't know do you who's actually listening to the radio station and oh look, look look that's that's so true you know to me uh, i'm amazed the number of people that i've actually been able to sit down and talk to i can remember uh one i've had a couple of churches now where people have simply walked in at the door and said, hey, Pastor Gary, it's great to be able to meet you. We've been listening uh, to Faith FM radio and uh, it's really built uh, my Christian walk. And I've sat mm-hmm. down and spoken to those to those people and, you know, it's wonderful when uh, uh, the Lord works through the mouth of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's really fan. Now, look, one, uh, one other um, a person we do have with us today is also Pastor Don Felberg. Now, Pastor Don Felberg uh, joins us live from Perth. Now, Don, are you with us? 
Yes, yes. Hello, Gary and uh, and uh, Eric, and all our listeners. It's it is wonderful, Don, uh, to be able yeah. to have uh, have you with us. Now, the reason that you're with us is because you came on last week, but we'd love to have you on uh, a lot more regularly. Uh, and of course, at the present time, you've been in COVID lockdown. That's correct. Yes, I got uh, COVID last week, and then uh, my wife has picked it up um, uh, through the week, and so she's uh, she's in. We're both still in isolation. Ah, uh, look. That uh, are you feeling okay? Yeah, not too bad. Yes, and we're doing quite well. Just mild sort of symptoms. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, uh, Don has only just uh, Don and Ireland have only just uh, recently uh, retired from Indigenous ministry. That I think you spent twenty years travelling around Australia and just sharing uh, in isolated towns uh, the gospel. We really enjoyed that visiting uh, many of the remote areas and the people are so receptive to the things of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I'm so pleased we've actually got someone who does travel through a lot of our outback areas. I think that you've certainly seen more of Australia than almost anybody else that I can possibly imagine. I've listened to your stories um, month after month. I uh, when you've uh, when you've shared reports of what you've been up to, and I've I've actually had to stand in awe because your experiences are just so mind-boggling. Uh, they are real. They are an incredible blessing, Don, and it's Wonderful uh, to be able to have you uh, on the on the program, um, but of course, look. What I want to do today is just come, if we can, to our World Watch uh, segment, uh, and this is where we pick up something that's uh, on the contemporary uh, news uh, cycle at the present time. Now, look, because you, you've worked in uh, in evangelism, you've worked in um, in sharing with the public, and one of the things you've shared. A, on is uh, the whole subject of uh, of archaeology. Now, just today on the religious news service, uh, I picked up an article that uh, came out. It was entitled "The Scientific Meltdown Over a Controversial Discovery of Biblical Sodom." Now, apparently, according to this particular article, uh, Sodom. Has been discovered, and uh, this is this is what the article said: the remains of a city's fiery demise near the Dead Sea have archaeolog have archaeologists at odds, and. Um this is uh, this is what it said. Uh, what everyone agrees on is that something unusual happened at Tel Hammerman in the ancient settlement near the Dead Sea. In a layer of ancient earth, archaeologists claim to have found evidence of an apocalyptic event, melted rooftops, disintegrated pottery, unusual patterns in rock formations that can be associated with intense heat. For another um, this, uh, this was dated, uh, through to, uh, about 1650, uh, BC. And for the next 600 years, that particular hundred acres of the town, uh, laid totally fallow. Uh, the, uh, uh, this was reported in the scientific journal Nature. And uh, the chief scientist claimed that the incineration matched with the uh, biblical uh, place and timing of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. This, this claim has actually brought more academic debate than anything else uh, in the entire article. 
uh, the story that Sodom and its sister city Gomorrah is one of the Bible's best-known stories. Uh, Abraham, of course, does bargain with God to spare Sodom, even uh, though it is so synonymous with sin, in order to save a few righteous residents. But God didn't have any of it. And the Lord, according to the scriptures, rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. On the face of it, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to see possible connections between the site at Tel Hammerman and the and uh, the biblical story. Led by Collins, uh, Dean of the College of Archaeology at Trinity Southwest University, 21 experts from 19 research institutions weighed in on Tel Hammermain's remains, concluding that the nature of the destruction suggested a massive airburst or comet. The proposed airburst was larger than the 1908 explosion uh, over Russia where a 50-metre-wide bolide, a meteor that explodes in mid-air, detonated with 1,000 times more energy than the Hiroshima atomic bomb. These scholars, more than half with scientific posts, also claim that the destruction matrix uh, put, put it at around 1650 B.C., what was unlike uh, the destruction caused by earthquakes or warfare were pottery shards with their outer surfaces melted into glass. Some bubbled as if boiled. Melted, burnt, it, burnt, it melted burning brick and plaster, suggesting some unknown high temperature event. Objects of daily use Carbonized pieces of wooden beams, charred grain, uh, bones and limestone cobbles were born, were burned to a chalk-like consistency. You know, when I read this, I thought, wow, this is a, an amazing report. And of course, it comes originally from the, the Nature uh, magazine, which is a, a reputable scientific journal. Now, Don, tell me something. I mean, you've worked in, uh, in evangelism. You've studied archaeology. You know, would you give an article like this, would you give it any credence? Well, it certainly seems to add up to the biblical description there in Genesis chapter 19 that the report you have just read and the biblical account seem to dovetail quite well. Okay. Okay. So, um, so, so the the timing and everything you, uh, you that that fits reasonably closely. Yeah, I would think so. I, I would think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Look, tell me, Don, just as a matter of interest, because I know that you've actually preached on these subjects uh, many, many times. Look, is does archaeology um, does it support generally? the biblical record. Oh, absolutely. There's so many things that have been discovered that support the biblical record. Hence, I think, in the report you have just read, um, it seems incredible that these scientists or some scientists are trying to come up with explanations that I would see do away with the, the biblical event that takes that took place. See, the Bible says that God reigned 
fire and brimstone from heaven. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these things are melted and so on would uh, add up. But it's interesting that instead of accepting that, some of these scientists would try to say, well, it's really just a, a massive air burst or um, a comet or something else that has done this. It's, it's not God. Uh, interesting, but uh, like... Uh, Why do they do that? Why do they do that, Don? Well, I think if they admit that the Bible stories are true, if the Bible is true, then they're answerable to to follow it. They're answerable to God, as it were. So, you know, you try to do away with the story and then you don't have to do anything about this uh, biblical teaching. It doesn't really teach you anything. By the way, Gary... It's interesting that Jesus believed the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And so in, in the Gospels, Jesus talked about it, and he talked about it as a historical event. That's so true, actually. In fact, he used it as an analogy of what is going to happen in, uh, in the future. Yes, true, true. Look, but coming back to your question about examples of archaeology supporting the biblical record, there are many of them, and one that's always that has excited me for many years is the story of the Hittites. Mm-hmm. Now, Second Kings chapter seven and verse six, there is a text that indicates that this race of people known as the Hittites seem to be on a par with the Egyptians. Okay. Now, when people read this text a um, hundred and fifty years ago, they said. It can't be right. We know of the Egyptians. They were a very powerful people. Mm-hmm. But we haven't heard of these Hittites. I mean, how could a, a, a power, a kingdom as strong as the Egyptians, mm. be unheard of? Yeah. And, they said, and, and it's very interesting, Gary, in the 1860 edition of the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, they had eight lines of one text column devoted to the Hittites, and it was basically a summary of what it says in the Bible. And then they, and then um, another scholar went on record as saying that you can't really take the references to the Hittites in the Bible as as historical records. Okay. Okay. And so that that was very interesting. Now, by comparison. The 1966 edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica had more than 11 pages of two columns each in small print on the Hittites. Wow. And no scholar in the world today doubts the, what the Bible said regarding the Hittites. They were a power that contended with the Egyptians. And I've had the privilege of visiting Turkey on a number of occasions. I've been out to the... Uh, the Hittite capital there at Boguskali, and uh, I was just amazed at at the temple area, the palace area, the walls around the the city, and so on, the ruins. And the first time I went there was 1981, but I've been back a couple of times, and there's a lot more of the Hittite empire or civilization has been uncovered. They were a mighty empire, just like the Bible indicated they were. So I've always always thought the Hittite 
The Hittite story is a powerful story vindicating the biblical truth. Yeah, no, really appreciate that. And Don, look, I, I'd love to actually get you back in next, maybe in the next few weeks even, be, to be able to comment on some of the, uh, some of this archaeological evidence because uh, I'm so conscious that I know that, I mean, I was, uh, I was, I was awestruck when I went to the British Museum and saw some of the stuff that's actually sitting in the yeah. British, in the British Museum, uh, that actually relates, uh, to the same biblical record. That's true. For example, you've got Sennacherib's prism there. It's a big clay uh, tablet, and on there it says that uh, Sennacherib, one of the kings of the Assyrian Empire, locked up Hezekiah, who was king of Judah there in Jerusalem, like a bird in a cage, it says. Wow. And you know, the Bible talks about the same thing um, that uh, in Second Kings, Chapters 18 to 20, it talks about Sennacherib coming down and surrounding Jerusalem and and uh, letting Hezekiah know that there was no hope for him. Yeah. The biblical records, and like you say, these things in the British Museum, things that have been dug up, yeah. they do give us evidence to believe that the Bible is trustworthy. Oh, and look, Don, I really appreciate what, what it is that you're actually sharing there because, uh, this is, the, the scriptures are the foundation and they become incredibly solid when you realize that, in fact, the, the scriptures are backed up by science and their historicity, their history, uh, can actually be verified, uh, outside of uh, yes. of the written documents themselves. To, to me, this is exciting. But, yes, but Don, but Don, look, I've got. To, I, we we do have to uh, have to keep keep moving. Now, look, I'm really thankful that you're going to be uh, hanging hanging around and being with us and helping us with our discussion today because we have a really important subject that we're uh, going to be digging into. And of course, this is the whole subject of forgiveness. Now, we're not talking about God's forgiveness of us because we know that uh, God does forgive us, but we're talking about this issue of uh, forgiving for forgiving each other. This is radical forgiveness. What is the Bible? teaching on forgiving each other uh, and for the whole week this is what we're going to be talking about uh, but before we get there uh, guys look let's come to uh, uh, to some music this is Sandra Eaterman and uh, the uh, the song is faithful faithful men please enjoy
and that is Sandra Eterman and uh, Sandra singing Faithful Men. What a beautiful, a beautiful song that uh, that really is. Yes. Now, look, if you um, uh, appreciated what uh, Pastor Don Felberg was just uh, sharing with us, then look, there's a program coming up here if you happen to be in Adelaide that you will absolutely love. Now, look, I've got a, a, another mate here in Adelaide. Uh, this is uh, Mark Wilson. Now, uh, Mark Wilson, he's uh, going to be presenting a, a program entitled Amazing Discoveries. Now, uh, this is uh, a, a program that digs into the historical, the archaeological record that reveals the truth behind the scriptures. Uh, now, this program is, uh, is going to be occurring down in Victor Harbour. Now, that's a really beautiful place. In fact, if you're in Adelaide, this is worth a trip uh, down to Adelaide, down to uh, Victor Harbour, uh, to listen to Mark. Now, uh, the first program is going to be talking about Egypt. Proof of God in the land of the pyramids. The second program is going to be talking about Petra, a prophecy a carved in stone. And I've been to Petra, a bright red city, an amazing place. And you'll be uh, stunned by what Mark will actually share uh, on uh, on that particular uh, day. On the third session is going to talk about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Dead men do tell tales and they tell powerful tales uh, when you look at these scrolls. Uh, the fourth program talks about Babylon, and we're talking there about uh, uh, about evidence uh, that comes from Babylon, and particularly an ancient king's dream. And then we go to uh, Israel and search for a, Mesto- a Messiah. I uh, love what Mark is going to be presenting. Now, look, if you would like uh, to, uh, uh, to to be at amazing discoveries. This is a full audio visual program. Then uh, all you need to do is to go to, and it's occurring down at Victor Harbour. Uh, now uh, it's going to be occurring at the Performing Arts Theatre at Investigator College. Bacchus Road in Victor Harbour and uh, the first program uh, actually occurs on Saturday the 31st of May, uh, that's just a couple of weeks time at 3.30 in the afternoon. That's Saturday, the 21st of May at 3.30 in the afternoon. And look, if you'd like more information, then look, all you need to do is to contact, you can contact Mark directly. Let me give you his, uh, his uh, mobile number. Uh, his mobile number is 0400-640-130. That number again is 0400-640-130. 130. That's a fantastic program that you'll really appreciate uh, if you've got opportunity to go to uh, to Victor Harbour. Uh, now, of course, uh, we've also got our giveaway for today. Now, our giveaway for today is entitled uh, Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life. If you aim for a joyful, balanced life and wish to have total health, even in the imperfection of this world, then follow Jesus' suggestion. Remain in me and I will remain in you. A growing body of scientific evidence indicates that faith, prayer, hope and forgiveness and trust are beneficial to our physical and emotional health. Now, this book digs into uh, these issues. The title is Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life. Now, folks, if you would like uh, a copy of Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life, all you need to do is to text us here on our regular studio phone. Now, our regular studio phone is uh, 4 888 
80811. That number again is 04 888 11 and all you need to do is put into the text uh, text us uh, the code and the code for today is SA for South Australia SA42 no gap between the SA and the 42 just put SA42 text us to 04888 80811 and our friend Faithful now Faithful's a robot and uh, Faithful will get back to you and he'll ask you for the details uh, that we need in order to be able to send you a copy of this particular book so SA42 just text that to 04888 80811 and we'll have uh, this book Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life to you in the fastest uh, possible possible way now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, uh, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, uh, we're also joined live from Perth, uh, Pastor Don Felberg. Now, Don is a great friend of, friend of mine, and uh, he's just recently retired, and it is wonderful to have Don uh, online uh, with us. He's going to be helping us in our discussion uh, this uh, uh, this afternoon. Uh, now uh, uh, this week we are looking at the theme radical forgiveness in an unforgiving world and today we're simply asking what is radical forgiveness? What is biblical forgiveness? They're actually a, a really remarkable people. The Amish uh, people in Lancaster County in Pennsylvania are well known for Almost an extreme 18th century type simplicity. They only have telephones in their businesses, not in their homes. Men are employed generally in agriculture. Women care for family and traditional crafts. I had the privilege to visit with them uh, a number of a number of years back. Uh, transport uh, around that area is in buggies. We were driving our car. Uh, they were in buggies. There's a total avoidance of the media-dominated world, and it's an incredible blessing to so many of those families. Their commitment absolutely impressed me. What impacted me most, however, was a story of a, an atrocity that had actually occurred some years earlier. The date was actually uh, October 3, 2006, and it occurred at the little school of Nickel Mines. Now, in that particular area, they only have one uh, classroom schools, normally taught by an unmarried female teacher. And the church, the, the, the children attend school. Um, um, uh, multiple grades are taught by, uh, by just the, uh, the one person. On October 3, a gunman broke into uh, one of those schoolhouses and took the children captive. For some reason, he shot 10 girls systematically before he finally turned the weapon on himself. Now, I've got a book entitled Amish Grace, and uh, the thing that stood out to to me in in that book was the way that the Amish people reacted. Their reaction was one of absolute and total forgiveness. The shooter, of course, was now dead, but they were the ones that offered support to his widow and family. The the this was so remarkable that the reporters 
in that day and age uh, started to report not on the tragedy but rather on the issue of forgiveness. Now, Eric, look, tell me something. Um, we're talking today about radical forgiveness. Now, we see every now and then these examples of of biblical, of radical uh, forgiveness, you know, forgiveness that we can barely understand uh, crop up. What is the Bible's expectation as far as forgiveness is concerned? Well, first of all, Pastor Gary, that's an amazing story. Um, I've actually been over to America and uh, and uh, met the Amish people, and they're very hospitable. They will Incredible invite you side. into their homes yeah. and yeah. invite you in for food and everything. But it's absolutely incredible, uh, forgiveness. We all struggle with the issue of forgiveness, I think, in our lives. Yeah. Either somebody who is reaching out to forgive or somebody who is receiving forgiveness, often because of emotions. It's a very, very hard topic when something tragic like this has happened in, the, in our yeah. lives. Yeah. And But the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. There's many. And actually, where, as I've been researching this this week, it's amazing how many stories you can kind of almost uh, pass over the forgiveness side of it when you're looking at the actions of all those involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, more than ever we need forgiveness in this world we see through social media and other issues that uh, people just um, drop friends at uh, any time and it's so sad that um, that the relationships is being challenged more than more and especially in families well you certainly see you know when uh, when individuals um, have been through a courtroom setting They'll often make speeches to the media outside the courtroom and yeah. saying, you know, what we want is justice. And then they'll say something like, we will never forgive this person. Mm. Yes. And often, you know, it's dragged through the courts. Families, if you ever watch Judge Judy from time to time, yeah. they have, there's, you know, parents taking their children to court just over money. A simple yeah. thing like money, you know. Don, uh, how, how big an issue do you think this, uh, uh, this whole issue of forgiveness is? Oh, I think it's a huge issue. I think today the the big emphasis, as you've been saying, is is payback. And if somebody does something wrong, well, or even if an accident happens, who can we blame? Who can we get some money out of? Who 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 is at fault with this? And how can we get revenge on them? I think it's. I think it's becoming a bigger issue in our society today, sadly. So, Pastor Don, um, with the Aboriginal culture, I know their culture talks about payback. How do you deal and bring in the uh, biblical side of it with with some of the Aboriginal people you meet and their way of thinking? Well, yes, um, we we look at the Aboriginal folk and we say they they have payback. You know, I think a lot of non-Indigenous folk have payback too, but instead of doing it with sticks and with uh, whatever, they do it with a lawyer and pay a lot of money, but it's the same principle, I think, Eric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I think the uh, I think the important thing for all peoples is to help them to realise how because God has forgiven us so much, we we ought to be willing to forgive the little bit that others around us have done us wrong. If we look at it from that perspective, 
um, it can help us to look at things differently. It's interesting that um, forgiveness uh, is the act of pardoning an offender. And in the Bible, the Greek word translated forgiveness literally means to let go. So mm. uh, a person does not demand payment for a debt. Jesus used this comparison when he taught his followers to pray, forgive us for our sins, for we also have forgiven others who, is, who are in debt to us. So it's not talking about a debt here, a payback or something that's a barrier between the two, but it's actually saying let go of something that is bothering you, something that's uh, between you and somebody else. Yes. Hmm. And one yeah, of, one of the things true. one of the things the Bible talks about too is and centers on is that to have forgiveness you've got to have love and Christ brought yeah. this out many times in scriptures and in fact in Proverbs seventeen verse nine it says love prospers when a fault is forgiven but dwelling mm-hmm. on it separates close friends. Oh, yep, and I think that means that you know you, we grasp hold of this truth. Forgiveness and love actually go hand in hand. Because sometimes I think, uh, um, Pastor Don and Gary, sometimes we can say that we forgive somebody, but we really haven't let go of that debt. We haven't let go of it uh, in a realistic way. We we say the words, but if we have the love in our hearts to let go of that, that the love that only Christ can give, then we can overcome the barriers between two brothers or two sisters. Mm. Yes. Yes. So this is really important. Uh, another one, First Peter 4 to 8 says, Above all, love one another deeply because love, love covers over a, a multitude of sins. I don't know about yeah. you, Pastor Gary, but I know that in my life um, I've had to ask somebody for forgiveness. And the hardest thing for me was to actually go to that. I actually went to that person and asked for forgiveness. I think I, I, I think, think that that, that is so true. And increasingly, though, the thing that I'm conscious of is that there is almost a reticence within our current environment to actually admit and to say, "I made a mistake. I am sorry." You know, I to me, I I, I struggle when uh, when when people say, you know, I. If you, I am sorry if you feel that way. Mm. You know, yes. so it, it's a it, way out. I am sorry if you feel that way. What mm. it does mm. is it pushes that, um, the blame, you know, y- your problem is with your feeling. It may not, it's, it's got nothing to do with how I actually, uh, am, uh, have been responsible for how that person is now, now feeling. Uh, do, do you think, do you think we tend to push things off more readily to other people and fail to take responsibility for our own actions? Do you think this is something that we're, you know, is increasingly becoming a problem? I think so. I think today in a world of self and uh, self-reliance and a turning away from God, uh, we stand on our own merits. There is no moral compass compass to go by. Therefore, the feelings you have for somebody else is dimmed. I mean, forgiveness can be either as a Christian or a, or a non-Christian. We all uh, go through those emotions. But the greatest thing to, to understand is that when you know that there is a God that has forgiven you for what you have done, that 
that impacts your life so much. And uh, for instance, if you look at that uh, important parable in Matthew eighteen twenty one to thirty five, where a man uh, owned a huge sum to the king, this servant owned a huge sum of money to the king, a, la- a sum so large that it'd be impossible for him to ever pay back in a lifetime. Uh, so the man begged and pleaded and promised to repay, and the king had mercy and not only allowed him the chance to stay a free man, but he completely struck the debt from the record. The ledger books were stamped paid in full. So as the Jewish man made his way home, he ran into a fellow servant who owed him money, less than a year's wage. He assaults this fellow servant and demands the money immediately. The man begged in a similar way to the way the forgiven man had just pleaded, and yet this wicked servant had no mercy. He threw him into prison until the debt was paid. So what it's saying here now is because as Christians we have been forgiven this way, that we show others the same forgiveness. It's uh, it's a condition of the heart. What is in the heart will actually show in our actions. And I think that is so important that uh, we feel that forgiveness, that we have that emotion of of love of so much that, that we are changed inside out. And then that then responds in the way we treat other people as we deal in this life. Yeah, I, I'm actually interested that even the the Lord's Prayer uh, mm. actually makes, you know, that well-known Lord's Prayer, you know, yes. t- one phrase is, and forgive us our debts mm. as we forgive our debtors. In other words, Lord, I want you to forgive me into mm. exactly the same extent that I'm prepared to forgive others. Uh, does, does that worry you at all, uh, Don? Well, it's, it's, it's certainly a very important principle for us to keep in mind, isn't it? And a challenge. And, and it's very clear, the verses that follow on from that make it very clear that if we're not willing to forgive our fellow brothers and sisters, our fellow human beings around us, well, then we can't expect God to forgive us. And God is the one who forgives the most. We only forgive a little bit yeah. compared to the big lot that God has forgiven on our behalf. Yeah. And so, yes, that, that, that statement in the Lord's Prayer is certainly a big challenge for us, isn't it? It is, it is. And Matthew eighteen twenty one to 22 says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And I think the Lord is saying here that it's an unlimited forgiveness. It is just part of who you are that you will treat others. So I have a question for you, um, Gary. There are times, and there will be people listening to the program who say they've forgiven somebody heaps of times and they've been hurt. Mm. I know I know. when I was a literature evangelist going door to door selling um, books, Bibles and that, that I'd often come across people who were being beaten up in the home, ladies, yeah. and I'd often ask them, why are you staying here? Why are you in this situation? And she says, well, I've forgiven him. Uh, she says, I love him and I'm staying with him. And yet they keep on getting beaten up. Is there a time mm. when, um, you know, you've got to draw the line? Now that 
is an excellent question. And if you come to Thursday's program, <laughs> you will actually I get... I didn't look down the list. <laughs> the Thursday's program, you'll actually get the full... Because that's actually the question that we're dealing with on Thursday, because that's actually a really key question, because uh, today we're actually dealing with this question of, okay, what is forgiveness? Tomorrow we're actually dealing with, okay, you know, how many times should I actually go and forgive somebody else? And then on Thursday we're going to look at this issue of accountability and say, hey, does uh, forgiveness negate? Uh, accountability because that is such an important issue but can I just say just in brief I, I think uh, the two are actually uh, two sides of one coin uh, I don't believe you can do one with the other Don do you have any input on that one because you won't be with us on Thursday you, you can't say there's a limit to to forgiveness like we you can't if God doesn't say to us, oh, look, I'll forgive you once or twice, and then if you don't uh, wake up, well, then that's it, too bad, you know? Yeah. Um, he's, he's very long-suffering with us, the Bible says, mm-hmm. not willing that any should perish. And, um, and again, when you think of Old Testament history, again and again, God appealed to his people, return, return unto me, repent, turn from your wicked ways, and um, and you'll live. I don't want to see you die, he said. Yeah. And yeah. so God is very, um, very patient with us, encouraging us and, and to, to forgive and to, and to repent and to turn the right way. And I think we should be the same with our, with our fellow man. Don, thank you for that. Guys, look, let's just uh, come back to some some music. Now, look, look just after the uh, break, I want to uh, talk about this issue. You know, does uh, the attitude of forgiveness, does it come naturally? That's the question I'd like us to deal with uh, when we uh, when we return. Uh, but please, uh, enjoy this song. This is Anna Weatherup, and the song is Because He Lives. Please enjoy. God sent his son They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon An empty grave is there to prove Savior lives because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know his son knows. Uncertain days 
Guys, our uh, free giveaway for you today is this beautiful little book, uh, Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life. Uh, this uh, this really answers so many of the uh, questions. Dr. Julian Magolsa uh, uses uh, biblical examples and personal illustrations to demonstrate how essential it is that we partner with Christ in dealing with the all-too-human experiences of depression and anger, guilt, forgiveness and stress, abiding in Jesus, being uh, in intimate connection with him is the way to foster spiritual growth, well-being and happiness. Do you know, I really, this is a book that's worth picking up. Uh, if you'd like uh, your own copy of Finding Calm in the Chaos of Life, then all you need to do is to text us uh, here at our studio uh, text number. Uh, that uh, that number is uh, 04 80811. That number again is 04888 And all you need to do is to uh, text us our uh, code, and our code is SA42. No gap between the SA and the 42. And uh, our robot, uh, we call him Faithful, uh, he'll uh, come come back to you, and uh, he'll ask you a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest possible way. Finding calm in the chaos of life, uh, 04888. 808 11 is the uh, uh, is the number for that uh, for that particular book. Uh, now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh Day Adventist Church, and we're also joined live from Perth, uh, Pastor Don Felberg, and uh, Pastor Don has uh, just recently retired uh, from uh, uh, an itinerant. 
itinerant, uh, evangelistic, uh, indigenous ministry throughout all of Australia. Uh, has done a marvellous work for, for many, many years. Uh, this week we're looking at the theme, uh, Radical Forgiveness in an Unforgiving World. And today we're asking, what is radical forgiveness? Now, Eric, look, can we possibly just come to this, to this question? Uh, r- radical or biblical forgiveness, does it come naturally? I don't think it comes naturally to to mankind. I think uh, when sin entered the world, I think that uh, our DNA changed. And instead of looking for the good things in life, uh, of uh, just living together in harmony, completely changed. And sin brought that about. So no, I don't think it's a natural thing to forgive. I think the natural thing is to seek revenge and to, and to see the rewards of a revenge, in other words, a punishment, completely opposite to what Jesus showed on this earth. I mean, he asked them to even forgive him while he was on the on the cross, which was amazing to all those that had treated that him. That really right. is an amazing example you just mentioned there, because you know, Christ on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not mm. what they do. Uh, Don, what do you think on this issue? Does an attitude of forgiveness? Do you think it comes naturally? No, it certainly doesn't. I think it, it, it's a very hard thing. I think of a lady that was talking to me the other day from Arnhem Land and she mm. said, she said, I, um, I had a funeral. My sister died and we had the funeral and she said, a lot of my relatives didn't actually come. There was only a few of us there. And she said, I felt a bit hurt. Mm. And anyway, um, they're having a funeral now. Uh, a few days later, that, that, that uh, some of her relatives that didn't come, they're having a funeral. And she thought, well, her children said to her, Mum, you pay them back. Don't you go. Yeah. You know, they didn't come to your sister's funeral. And so don't you bother going to them. Mm. But she said to me, she said, that's how I felt. I was thinking that, but then I thought, no, I'm a Christian. I need to go to support them at their funeral, even if they didn't come to support me when I buried my sister. That's powerful, isn't and, it? Yeah. And so it is a natural thing for us. Well, it's natural for us not to want to forgive. Somebody has hurt us. The natural thing is we want to punch them on the nose. <laughs> Exactly, but, but the Lord has said to them, "Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I've forgiven you. You go forgive them." It's interesting too that um, there are health benefits in forgiving. For instance, letting go of your anger and resentment can actually lead to improved mental health. It's been shown, and yeah. increase your happiness because it's like a cancer. If you hold a grudge against somebody and hasn't forgiven, that can eat away for people for years. I know of couples who haven't talked to one another in a family, brother and sister, and mother and uh, husband, because of a disagreement that happened fifteen years ago or more yeah. and and, it, and you look on the outside and and you think wow you know all it needs is to someone say look i'm sorry you know one person and then everything will be right um you know luke six thirty seven says do not judge and you will not be judged do not condemn and you'll not be condemned forgive and you'll be forgiven. And I think this thing of judging and condemning that we all sort of have in our DNA, I think that's one of the big things that stops us in forgiving. 
Yeah, yeah. Do, do you think the media actually is stacked against us with this? Because I'm conscious that the media particularly is uh, based on uh, revenge, you know, the, uh, yeah. you know, in, in, certainly in Hollywood, you know, getting back is certainly something that is uh, regarded as normative. What do you think? Yeah, I think very true. They're pumping that into us all the time that you get revenge and, uh, and blame and that sort of thing. And, uh, and that's only making it more difficult for folk to, to want to forgive. Yeah. But it's only as we have the love of God in our hearts that, uh, we, there is a willingness to forgive. Yeah. Well, the Lord talks many times in the Bible about our relationships with one another. I mean, Mark eleven twenty five says, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And when we have ordinances in churches where we have foot washing and taking of the bread, we're supposed to, you know, put it, put it, be right with one another before we go into that to show that we're in harmony, that we're all part of a family. Because in a Christian family, we are family outside of our natural family. We've enlarged our family, which will often have fights and disagreements. But through it all, this idea of forgiveness that Jesus tells us is central, central to a Christian life and having a fulfilled Christian life to show the character of Christ to others and thereby fulfilling his will. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate what you're actually saying there, um, uh, there, Eric. I suppose myself, I'm conscious that our, our time is about to, uh, about to finish. Um, let's come to, uh, Gala- excuse me, Galatians chapter five. It says, uh, says something very, very powerful. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, Eric, could you just go to, uh, Galatians chapter five and, uh, maybe, um, just, uh, just read for us there, uh, verse 16. What are the fruit of the um, of the flesh, so Galatians five sixteen. Uh, I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfil the lust of the flesh. For the lush, flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. I think that's really interesting. That if we walk in the spirit, if we walk in and in, in, uh, walking in God's will, uh, then we will not lust, lust for the things of this world which will cause division amongst us all because we're only here for a short time. And uh, the way we treat one another is, is key. He says, how can I forgive you if I... If, you know, you can't forgive others. Exactly, exactly. You know, but to mm-hmm. me, this particular passage in Galatians chapter five is actually so uh, powerful mm-hmm. because it talks about the fruit of the uh, flesh and the fruit of, and the fruit of the spirit. And they're actually opposed to one another. You know, we're looking at this question here. Uh, does the attitude of forgiveness come naturally? No, it doesn't because the, uh, the fruit of the flesh is, you know, anger, uh, mm-hmm. You know, getting back, you know, payback is part of what comes with uh, the flesh. But the yeah. fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, mm. long-suffering. Uh, you know, there is a different attitude when we've actually got the Spirit of God that's dwelling within an individual. Mm. Guys, look, we are uh, coming uh, very close to the end of our time here. I'm just wondering, Pastor Don, how would you like to just pray uh, for maybe any individual who um, might be struggling with an issue of forgiveness 
in their own lives. All right, sure. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you we've been able to have this discussion today. It's such an important discussion. And Lord, we we first of all want to thank you for forgiving us so much. You've forgiven our sins. And Lord, um, we, we're just so thankful. And Lord, in return, help us always to be willing to forgive others. And th- this afternoon, I pray for the person out there listening who is struggling with forgiveness. Someone has hurt them perhaps very badly so, and they're really feeling uh, no good about it. And Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will work upon their hearts, that they will be willing to 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 um, to make things right, that they will be willing to forgive that person, and uh, Lord, that they will find peace mm. in their hearts, and uh, and that this burden that's been troubling them will roll off their shoulders. Father, I just pray that you'll help us all to have a forgiving spirit towards one another. And so blessed we pray and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Eric Hoare and Don Felberg on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'll be sharing with Pastor Ricardo Schaefer and we'll be asking, should I forgive persistent offenders? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.